Welcome to GP Bullhound's Tech Thoughts, a weekly overview of economic developments in international markets. Hello and welcome to GP Bullhound's Tech Thoughts. Today is the 16th of September and we are here with GP Bullhound's partner Inge Haydorn and portfolio manager Jenny Hardy. Today they will cover Oracle, Adobe's acquisition of Figma and give an update on semiconductors. Over to them. Hi everyone, welcome to uh, Tech Thoughts. Today is the 16th of September. Um, my name is Jenny Hardy. I am a portfolio manager on GP Bullhound's public teams, and I'm joined uh, by uh, Inga Haydorn, also portfolio, portfolio manager on GP Bullhound's public markets team. So, Inga, why don't we kick off with um, with Oracle and and what we learned there? I think. At, at first, it looks like it's very much in line with expectations. You saw cloud accelerating, which Oracle has been arguing for a very long time. And the guidance also uh, talks about an accelerating growth for them. And, and we'll get back to that a little bit later, them becoming number four as a hyperscaler. But one thing I would like to highlight, which was not mentioned in the report and in the conference call, but came out in the 10Q later, was that they changed the number of years they used in depreciation of their equipment. And that definitely, definitely helped the margin. So let's go back a little bit in time. Oracle was number one in databases. They were late into the cloud. They have been struggling moving over the cloud. They are now moving. Uh, but with that said, that is putting pressure on your margins. There's no doubt about it. It's going to cost the money to move. It's costing money in CapEx, and CapEx is flying for them. They 1.6 billion in the last quarter. And on top of that, it's putting pressure on your margins in the short run on the investment and the sales cycles and so on. The question mark, will they succeed, Jenny? I, I don't know. From, from my st- st- before I leave over to you, from my st- standpoint, I rather invest in one, two, or three in the markets, Amazon, Google, and, and Microsoft, uh, and wait and see if Oracle really succeed or not. What do you think? Yeah, I think, um, look, I, I, I think, if you look back through history, part of the strength of Oracle's business model for so long was having that relational database. And that was all part of the founding um, of Oracle back in the 70s. So Oracle historically signed these big licensing and support contracts with big corporates. It got their data onto that relational database. And once that was there, these companies became very sticky and Oracle were able to sell applications on top of those and capture more and more spend. It's a playbook we've seen many, many times, Microsoft as well. Once you had Microsoft product, you were always incentivized to buy more. But I think, you know, we know the world has changed since then. And really, the proposition of the big three public cloud providers for corporates is almost the opposite of what Oracle has been built on. It's about flexibility. It's about the the fact that these customers can have capacity when they need it and that they don't need to commit to these um, massive upfront contracts. Um, So, I I, I really think that, um, you know, regardless of Oracle's performance, and I think it it is sort of widely accepted that their database solution um, is, you know, very performant from a tech perspective. I think 
you know, the reality is that the optionality AWS and Google and Microsoft give their customers just hugely sort of top trumps um, the performance advantage. So, look, I think it's not to say that Oracle can't transition its existing customer base to its cloud services, but I think we really have to question whether new companies are going to go with Oracle without that same flexibility and scalability. Um, it's interesting also listening to Larry Ellison, as always, on the call saying, we are going to win these core brand names on AWS, these core brand, just wait. But they can't release anything. And and, and, and I, I just wonder if they have won anything from AWS, which, they, which could happen. I just wonder if the price component is a very important component. And, and we're just going to put more pressure on, on the margins in the short run. So... Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, let, let's not forget, I think, you know, it was six years ago, Ellison got up at their company conference and said that Amazon's leading cloud was over. I mean, that was clearly just so, so wrong. Um, so, yeah, I think we, we wait and see. Uh, we wait and see what really comes through in the numbers. Um, but I mean, the, the difference, I suppose you could argue, is back then, um, Oracle were really not spending anything like the capex that they needed to, and we have seen capex ramp. So they are, to an extent, putting kind of more money where their mouth is. Um, but I'm skeptical as to whether they can credibly compete. Yeah. So let's let's put Oracle as a wait and see for us, and and a little bit on the more bad news side for Oracle, listening to the work day, Capmox day, which really was a reconfirmation on what they're talking about earlier, so 20% growth in the next from coming years, a little bit better margin. But one of the things that were quite interesting was that they now believe that TAM is bigger in, in, in the finan- on the financial workflow side than the HSM side for them. And they also had a slide up showing the ERP market defined the workday way showing that they were bigger than, than than Oracle and SAP. And that's that's hard to say if uh, depending on how you define it, but it's the same money coming out from the company. So in that sense, Workday has a really a point that they are grabbing money away from SAP and Oracle. So I would say in general, quite bad news for both Oracle and SAP. Moving over to the second story of yesterday, then, uh, Adobe buying Figma. Uh, I'll start with results, and I'll leave Figma's discussion a little bit up to you first, again. but let's start with results. The results in itself, a little bit better than expected, especially on the digital media side, beating on the quarter. Guidance, although a little bit weaker. So the comments around the quarter and the quarter in itself, I would say like this, more of the same. So a little bit delayed uh, sales cycles, a little bit more cautious uh, spending from from uh, CEO and CTOs, but nothing really material has changed in the last few weeks here since we saw companies in New York last week uh, and also the results from earlier this summer. But then we have the Figma acquisitions, and, and I'll leave the first comments for you, Jenny, on that one. Sure. Um Maybe we'll leave the the eye-watering multiple for a discussion at at the end. But I think if you think about um, the sort of motivation to do the deal, 
I mean, firstly, any any user of Figma that you speak to is pretty evangelical about the product. It clearly um, is leading in terms of UX and, and engaging that developer ecosystem. I think more broadly for Adobe, it's interesting because it's always the company that the financial community kind of hold up as being the business that transitioned the first and most successfully to SaaS. The reality is that really um, that was very true from a revenue model perspective, and it has very successfully used subscription as a mechanism to put through big price increases. But actually, if you look at the product itself, that didn't really change. It was always just a collection of separate apps working really just as they had in, in the old sort of license and support world. And I think Figma as a product gets way closer to the sort of lock-in and network effects that should exist in a SaaS world. Um, in terms of the motivation uh, for Adobe, I, I think there is a feeling that while the degradation of Adobe's position was certainly not sort of written on the wall, there was a risk. And, and at the very least, it was clearly losing out on on a broader market opportunity. And maybe there was a risk that it was just becoming a sort of static part of the solution. Um, I think there were clearly other um, market participants that would have, uh, where Figma would have fit in very well within their product set. I think Google and Microsoft, you could both um, see as, as kind of potential competitor bidders. So maybe to an extent, it, it was a defensive move. And, you know, collaboration was clearly a market that Adobe had outlined as being very attractive and one that they were really trying to go after. Um, and, and I think, you know, one that they had already committed a reasonable amount of resource to, if you go back to um, the conference, uh, Adobe's conference last year, it was clearly an area of focus. And I think this is a good example of where an incumbent with a lot of engineering resource can still struggle um, to, uh, to recreate uh, a very good product. Um, but I've left, I've left the hardest question and, and the sort of sticking point uh, to the end, which is the very eye-watering multiple that Adobe had to pay. So it paid $20 billion. Um, Inga, is, is that too much money? I, I think it's $10 billion too much, at least. I think 75 times this year's sales, 50 times ARR. Uh, and it was quite interesting also, um, if you look at the model, uh, uh, when the deal was announced, I was sitting with a web developer uh, next to me, which was quite funny, using Figma. Uh, and we had a long discussion about it. And, and a lot of the industry already use Figma and uh, their sales are going to be around $400 million this year. So there's a lot of things that need to fall in the right places to grow the revenue beyond the place they are today, getting more into the workflow and so on. So it, it is a very, very expensive acquisition. Although I think if you put it in context, paying 20 billion, say that they pay 10, 12 billion too much, uh, that's roughly seven, 8% of market cap at Adobe and it went down 17 yesterday. So it's, it's a quite harsh 
trade, but at the same time, you lose a little bit of confidence with the management, given that they pay with stock, they pay with shares, uh, sorry, cash and, and, and stock. So you don't getting buybacks and, and you're getting some dilution. So I, I can understand the, the negative interpretation and, and we are the same. So we, we sold quite quickly a big portion of our, our not so great or not so big holding in Adobe uh, due to the fact that we thought it was pricing and it would put pressure on the shares. So that I definitely think they overpaid uh, that on that one. Uh, so last topic to, of, of today, I would say, let's talk a little bit about semiconductors again. And why we are arguing about this is that we're standing out in terms of investment here relative to the rest of the marketplace. Semis is probably the most shorted sector in terms of technology. And, and why are we still arguing about semis? Uh, firstly, I think if you look at the industry participants or anybody in the industry, everybody think it's an industry that will double at least until 2030. So it's a very, very healthy growth industry. And, and, and the doubling, we mean number, also sales number in terms of components, so adding them together on an aggregated level. So with that said, given the valuations where they are today, trading at many, many times, 12, 13 times earnings, yes, E could be under pressure because of the downturn. So let's say it goes down 30, 40%, you still have multiples at the bottom, which are quite, quite interesting and good cash flow. So for us, it's still an area you, you need to start to build an exposure to, to have an exposure to, because they are long-term winners. And who knows how, how deep this downturn or how long it will be. But this is, this is something we really believe in. We believe in AI. We believe in, in machine learning. We believe in the fact that we will turn more into electrical cars, renewable energy, and so on. So that that's really the standpoint and one where we wanted to, to highlight this again. Um, did I forget anything, Jenny, in, in the over the comments? I, I, I think on on semis, um, I think. Well, I mean, one of the one of the questions that people ask is, you know, is the market really different this time? And if you look back through history. Um, semis has often been quite a, a sort of brutal place to invest. Um, you do see these sharp downturns. Um, the industry can be um, sort of very negatively correlated together. So, I mean, when when we think about picking um, exposure and whether things really are different this time, um, I mean, how, how do you think about it, Inga, in terms of where we're positioned and what gives you confidence that, you know, the sort of sharp downturns that we've seen in the past maybe won't be the same this time? I think firstly is, is the fact that we have a st- such a strong so a switch in, in demand from combustion cars to electrical cars and, and AI and so on, because that drives efficiencies and that drives the industry. So we, we have an underlying demand definitely going on in, in the right direction, even if we have a downturn, the mixed effect improve things. Secondly, the complexity uh, of doing products, especially uh, on towards the power industry with silicon carbine, so it, it's definitely, definitely increasing. So what we're really saying, as you said, Janel, stick to areas of semiconductors where you have 
less competition, more complexity. So stay away from the PC chain, stay away from, from smartphones and, and go into other areas. That's really what we would like to highlight. And uh, that's where we feel very, very comfortable. And it was interesting yesterday, this was a big uh, semicom, uh, conference in Taiwan yesterday and they were talking about $2,000 in every electrical car going forward with, uh, you know, with autonomous driving and so on and complexity increasing. And, and as you know, we're at four or $500 at maximum today in high-end cars. So it's a very, very strong growth driver. So I think that's the wrap of today and this week. So it doesn't drag too on too long, but, um, Thank you very much for listening to us. Thanks, Thank you.